0: Hey everybody! Welcome to another edition of Rob Observations. Uh, my name is Rob Leifeld. I am on my journey with these Rob Observation podcasts, and you guys have been so uh, generous to come along on this journey with me. This this covers my kind of really my life with comic books from when I re- started at a very young age, seven years old. The bug bit me. I can remember where I bought basically every single comic book ever uh what time of day where uh what city what store really what where I was standing magazine racks I can remember if I saw if I got this at a grocery store or that at the liquor store or that at the 711 comics have some weird connection with me that I can't quite explain it's like nothing else and I mean I love movies I think I'm a movie buff I think I'm I, I literally, my wife and I see on on average fifty movies in theaters prior to the pandemic. But I just don't have the same as as passionate as I am about movies. I'm not the same. Comics, comics are my are my thing, and it became my you know uh, obsession to break into the field and contribute to the field. And and I have been fortunate to have a 34 year career making comics. Uh, Deadpool, X-Force, Cable, Domino, Hawk and Dove, Youngblood, Starter Image Comics, Launched Image Comics. So what we do here, as you know, and if you're new to this and you don't know, we talk about comics uh, past, pu- past, present, and future. Or future, as I just said. Past, present, and future. So here's the deal. We're changing it up a little this week. It's great. I am joined by a Brilliant mind in comics. He has been in retail for over 25 years selling comic books. You have probably seen him at one of the major conventions. He definitely dominates every single San Diego comic con. And my buddy, Jimmy J went on to launch a series of comic conventions himself in the last decade and has done umpteen amount of comic book conventions. He has thrown them in Las Vegas he has thrown them in Hawaii. He has thrown them in Arizona. He has even been to Oklahoma City with his shows. Uh, Jimmy has done big shows. They are dedicated to comics. So many great comic guests have come through his shows Jim Starlin, George Perez, Jim Lee, Todd mcfarland Robert Kirkman, uh, Jason Fabach, Rob Liefeld. And and that's I didn't even cover half of the great guests that Jimmy's had. But anyway, I want to say hello, Jimmy J. Welcome to the show, my brother. Hey, I'm so stoked to be here, Rob. Thanks for
1: uh, thanks for letting me be a part of this. Um, I've been listening. I mean, I've been a fan of yours for years. I've been working with you, uh, you know, on a number of occasions uh, oh, throughout yeah. throughout the decades. But uh, I've been really I've been really enjoying this podcast. Uh, it's neat to hear. Uh, somebody else's actually journey through uh, through the through the industry and going from from the roots to um, you know the roots to um, you know their their consumption, tra- tracing their consumption. um I joined um, I became a comp junkie a few years after you. Um, I'm a few years younger than you. Also, you started out yeah, at a super dog. young yeah. age, though too. so I mean that that contributes to the gap. but, Um, I started regularly reading in about 1985, 85 and 86. So there's a little bit of gap that we have going on, but it's great hearing, you know, the the fun stories that, you know, that you had and, you know, the observations.
0: Well, so so what people should know is Jimmy and I talk all the time. Uh, We are work wives. We love comics. We share comics. We talk about comics on the phone all the time, all sorts of comics. Uh, just, Just like what we do. Together here on this this show, and uh, Jimmy's got great insights. I've learned a lot from Jimmy. I've worked with Jimmy. We published a handful of books at the beginning of the 2000s. We, uh, you know, have had some great times. Published some some great stuff. Uh, Jimmy's forte really, uh, more than anything. I mean, comic book retail. I will call Jimmy up. I will have questions about maybe an event that's 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 been announced by one of the major publishers. Uh, when it comes to conventions, I, I I talk to him about trends that he sees. Jimmy's a great uh, trend spotter, and he uh, always informs me. This is not lip service. I would not have somebody who I did not think was super knowledgeable and had great insights to to hang out with. I that there's there's uh, there's just no time for that. Jimmy knows his stuff. I love to uh, drill into him as much as possible. We 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 shared this passion. And so, so Jimmy, here we are. It's uh, middle of June, 2020. We are still in the midst of this crazy pandemic that has, you know, gripped the entire world. We we are Southern California residents, and and we're both uh, coming out of it in different counties. But w- w- with comic books and your weekly allotment and 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 what's going on? Because comic books are kind of back now, right? They're they're they're, they're back. They've been new comics have been have been coming out for how many weeks now
1: you know it's it's probably been about three four weeks and it seems like different publishers have taken a different approach uh some have gone um you know are taking a a breadcrumbs trail approach um that's like a company like marvel you know they put out you know a handful of books uh definitely some of their their reprints and they're uh sending out omnibuses and, and hard covers and soft covers but it seems like that they have put out only only a fraction of their of their line. Um, and I'm gonna contrast that with um, on the flip side, you have uh, like d c comics that they seem to you know, they're like worker bees. they're you know they're they were buzzing and buzzing and buzzing and buzzing during this uh, this pandemic. And I think that they were trying to uh, cash in on some of the momentum um, that they were trying to seize. Uh, pre-pandemic and see, um, you know, and carry out their their uh, listed publishing plans. And, of course, things got, you know, things got shuffled around, but every publisher is different. Um, I know IDW, uh, they have some really cool releases. Uh, they are bumping back to uh, uh, July for the most part. Uh, Image Comics um, started trickling out their... Uh, their books out. Um, I know decorum was a you know wanted to be their big launch uh pre-pandemic. Um the first issue came out right when things were closing and the second issue uh, just came out this last week. Um, so um so I know that well, they you, are... you
0: mentioned DC Comics. You mentioned DC Comics and 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 they seem to be kind of at the forefront. Now what what are their what are the what are the titles? Okay I what I do know is I went to the store. So I'm going to be full disclosure. Uh, the DC comics of my youth, the DC comics that I was obsessed with uh, were the new Titans. I've covered that at great length. George Perez, Marv Wolfman. Uh, uh, I, I enjoyed Green Lantern when I was a kid a, a tremendous amount. The Green Lantern was a cool comic. Uh, but, but the other book that I was obsessed with was the Legion of Superheroes. And, and if I can just for a second. If you guys. Uh, have never heard of the Legion of Superheroes. There, there's good reason. For the better part of a decade. They were turned off. I mean like powered down. Put in a shelf. But in the 1980's. is uh, I, I encountered them. They're one of my first DC comics. That I encountered in the 70's. It was called Superboy. And the Legion of Superheroes. In short a group of. Superheroes from the future came back originally to contact from the 30th century to contact Superboy and said, Hey, we want you to be part of our club. And Superboy would have these adventures where he'd go into the 30th century. It became a dedicated title. It became renamed from Superboy, Superboy, and the Legion of Superheroes. And then the Legion of Superheroes took off and had a run like a Burn, Terry Austin run, a Frank Miller run, a George Perez run. And we're going to discuss that some other time. But it was so successful that in the middle of the 80s, Titans had two books and Legion had two books, just like Spider-Man had two books. When I was a kid, Spider-Man got, you know, there was Amazing Spider-Man. And I was there in 1976 when they launched Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, the companion book. So when you get two books, that means you're trucking. That means, you know, people want a piece of your character, stories, world. So Legion was uh, one of the big books. And so it was Titans and Legion and the, 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 the books, Superman, Batman were not the flagship sellers that they are now. They just weren't, they, they did not have the same attention to them and they didn't have the same oomph that would change in 1989 with the Michael Keaton, Tim Burton movie. But so this, these, uh, these books that, that, that DC puts out now, I'm not as passionate about. I, believe dc has an amazing array of characters many of which i don't get to interact with so many i've covered in the uh probably one of the earlier episodes i forget which number but it covered jack kirby and the eternals i mentioned how kirby did the new gods forever people mr miracle Omat commandy that's my sweet spot those aren't really dedicated titles right now but what i'm getting to with jimmy is when i go to the comic store i'm seeing and, and I know that you're going to be able to tell me because I was fortunate, Jimmy. Because I know Legion this week was a hot book, but hot it book. wasn't wasn't entirely because of a Legionnaire. And I want to get back to that. So let's. But I went in the last couple of weeks, and it feels like. Tell me if this was by design. There are these eighty eightieth anniversary DC comics that are coming out, and it looked like the last two weeks was in successive weeks. And the reason I'm asking you is. I, and you told me they did well, so I so 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 far so good, right? Because they're ten dollars comics. Is that correct? These $10 are ten dollars comics, which okay. is
1: which is you know at the box office that those numbers add up a lot quicker, for sure. And and so so which ones were they? Uh, okay, the in the last two weeks, okay, the last two weeks have been actually really strong ones for DC. But man, they have been all over the map with these anniversary books. Um, I'll give you examples okay the last two weeks there was last week was the Catwoman 80th anniversary and they had some okay covers on it but what was the big the big you know brouhaha was the the event that it was the first uh, Batman Catwoman baby first appearance of the baby so and so that got people
0: hang on uh, Jimmy did you say there's a Catwoman uh, way a cat a Catwoman Batman baby yeah, knocking boots, knocking oh, boots. Oh, okay, and I was so, not aware. See, I'm. This is I am oblivious to this, one hundred percent. So I think that shock, just like your shock right now, I think that
1: shock, uh, definitely translated into more books being sold. To where
0: would I have uh, seen the baby? Where would I have seen the baby?
1: Uh, you, you only in that issue. Which issue? It, the the
0: anniversary. It's the
1: Catwoman 80th anniversary. Okay, so the 80th $10.
0: anniversary of Catwoman has the baby. Correct. Okay, the, <laughs> this is first, the first appearance of the baby okay this is the first i'm hearing of this so this is good i I, right. I think i bought one one cover so I, th- I think i have one
1: okay and that was a follow-up to all the tom king uh were they dating were they not dating Catwoman and batman for the who last wrote, couple of
0: who, who wrote the bat baby the cat, it, cat tom bat-
1: king okay and and, uh, I mean, he loves his suburban, you know, I always think of it as a, it's the Sopranos approach. It's like, what if you put superheroes in suburbia? It's like, what if you put okay. blank in suburbia? That seems to be like the, the formula on cable TV or Netflix, okay. you know, what about if you put gangsters in suburbia? What about if you put, you know, meth dealers in high school, you know, as high school teachers, okay. it just seems to be, that's, that's the formula. And that's the, that's the Tom King approach. So that came out last week and that was, that was pretty successful. And we got more people that were casual buyers going, what? I didn't know that they were going to have a kid. You know, I didn't even know that they were together. Um, you know, so, so that, okay, that Hey, Jimmy, has- I, I
0: bought the book. I bought the book. I put it in my bag. It made its way home to me with me. I have not opened it. So I did not know this. I'm glad yeah. I have it. I just, let me tell you something. Now I'm going to crack it open, but okay. this, how many covers did this thing have? Cause, cause this, this thing- is a big deal. Okay, this thing had
1: at least ten covers, and those were the ones that came out through the direct market. Okay, I think it's either ten or twelve. I, I'm okay. not positive.
0: Okay, so and I literally, I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't remember what what cover I bought, but I buy, I buy them. Um, I know that then which was Joker this last week. Joker was this last week, and again,
1: okay, now Joker was the most successful out of the recent bunch.
0: Okay, and I'm gonna well, and I'm gonna contrast
1: sense. these two though because these two were great. But then, like, pre-pandemic, they did a Robin that really didn't do so hot. They did a Wonder Woman that really didn't do so hot. Um, so, I mean, they've had, you know, they've definitely have had mixed responses. And next week is Green Lantern. So, I'm, I'm very... Hey, did you just... Say, so,
0: so, they have another one next week?
1: Oh, yes. Another so that one
0: is, next week. Out of the pandemic, three successive 80, 80th anniversary $10 comics. And, and you said like you're saying a $10 price point for you is like selling two to three comics, right? Correct. So, so I mean, when, so when okay. they do really well, so when they do really
1: well, I mean, we're slapping high fives that, Hey, this is fantastic for, for the market. When hey, they Jimmy, don't let, do let, so Let's hot,
0: educate. Let's, let, let's, let's uh, for the casual listener, Jimmy, what do you buy a $10 comic for? What, it, what do you as the retailer, Jimmy's a, Standard retailer, just like every other comic book retailer in the United States, what are you buying a ten dollar Joker for? It's roughly half off, roughly fifty percent. So you're buying I mean, five, five. Okay, five bucks. Correct. Okay, so that so yeah, so and 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 on that math, a three a four dollar book you're buying for two dollars. Correct. Okay, so ten bucks, ten bucks, like you said. That's and think about this too. That that's. uh that's a lot more money going to the publisher, too. So, look, it, it, like like you said, uh, whether by hook or by crook, because I don't remember that these were all coming out in successive weeks when they were solicited in the catalog, but is that how it just rolled out with the pandemic? I think
1: that's, I think that's because of the pandemic, the, the, the shipping has definitely shifted, but it seems like DC has been on a roll from... From Action Comics 1000, which was an anniversary issue, it seems like they've been trying to jam as many of these $10, um, $10 event books in as possible. And um, and for them, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, not only, I mean, we talked about the price points and, the, and more money going to the publisher, but because of these anniversary events, they also sell these to uh, to stores across the country, accounts across the country. As uh, limited at for limited exclusive books, so for instance, a company can you know whether it's you know whether it's our company or another company or you know uh, a company on on the east coast they can say hey I want to commission my own um, my own cover I want to buy three thousand copies and you know they're buying three thousand copies or five thousand copies or six thousand copies of their own cover of their own edition. So it seems so, like these so, anniversary so me, books are, are definitely bait for them to
0: buy more of these books. So, so let me ask you this and I really don't know the answer to this. You, you you've alluded to it, but I, I want like as, as close to a specific how much better did the Joker one do than Catwoman, given that they're both Batman villains. Oh,
1: uh, probably fifty percent, at least fifty percent better. I sold out early of Joker, and the reason that Joker, Joker, you can make an argument is the hottest character at DC Comics. It's either one or two. I agree. It's either Batman or the Joker.
0: I, um, I think Joker's
1: I, more popular. That's my personal I, opinion.
0: I, and and, and I, I I'm actually too. on record. Anybody, I've been saying this for years because the, the 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 proof is in the pudding. I mean the the data is there from from. Look, I, I think it started with the Killing Joke, uh, which came out in the late '80s with Alan Moore and Brian Boland, and then Jack Nicholson to Heath Ledger to walk, uh, Joaquin, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, right?
1: I mean, oh heck! I mean, put it this way: even even in the last two years, I mean, DC Comics has been doing this Batman Who Laughs, where they mash up, you know, an evil Batman with an evil
0: Joker, you know, to get some more Joker dollars. Okay, so, so let me ask you this: in terms of Catwoman, in terms of Catwoman's popularity versus for, versus Joker. So let's say Joker was Joaquin Phoenix for you. Let's see. Let's say Joker was Joaquin Phoenix level popular for you this week. Okay, Jimmy, can okay. you tell our people a week ago with Catwoman was that Michelle Pfeiffer level bat 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 uh, Catwoman? Was that was that Halle Berry level Catwoman, or was that Anne Hathaway level cat, Catwoman?
1: What where, yeah, where it was probably Anne Hathaway. It was probably Anne, an Hathaway.
0: Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna be honest. She had the best. Um, I think she looked the best in the costume. Um, uh, uh, she's she's underrated how good she was in that in that last movie. I don't know why they, I don't know why they sleep on that Anne Hathaway performance because I thought she was fantastic. You know, it's it, the bottom line is as great as Halle Berry looked. It. I guess it's good for you that it wasn't Halle Berry Catwoman. Okay.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> I know, but you know what? Jim Lee needs to fly out to the set and do sketches of Halle Berry as Catwoman, because that'll be that'll that'll give it the extra oomph. Um, like it did back in the day. Yes, people, tongue firmly in cheek here. Uh okay, just 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 well, reminiscing. Uh, I was gonna say past.
1: it could be it could be worse. It could be the Friday night lights, Wonder Woman in pants, um, in stretchy pants on TV. Oh, crap.
0: Well, I can go you one better, just so you just so everyone sees that I have some modicum of humility. It could be Deadpool and Wolverine origins. OK, so mm. um, so let, 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 let's be honest. But I, I do love, um, you know, there are that the, there were three distinct Catwomans, you know, in the last what what is it, 20, 27, 28 years. So anyway, um, so here's the deal, Jimmy. Let me ask you this, too, because because. Uh, I laughed at a headline I saw on social media the other day that said uh <laughs> and look, uh, uh of the Joker covers that I saw, uh the three that I like the most were the great the Greg Capullo Joker cover, where he's kind of almost leaning it's almost like he's taking a bow. It's 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 kind of in the middle of taking a bow. Then there's Art Adams. Which I thought was really, really nice. And then my favorite was probably Finch. But those are three. Uh, those, those are like to me the the three favorite of the covers that I glanced across. I I and i ended up buying the Art Adams one, uh, and maybe maybe I've got the Capullo. One. I I got two. So maybe those are the two I got. The uh, but but so they had that shot of Capullo's on the headline. It was one of the news sites, and they said. Uh, And I love when we just go down, you know, these new sites, dumb it all the way down. And it says, why do you why do you think the Joker is Batman's, you know, most popular villain? And, Jimmy, I did answer. I said, it's the visual. It's that clown. He looks like a sinister clown.
1: Put it this way. Warner Brothers. they they it seemed like that this last year. They put all, they you know they they went all in. They pushed all their chips in on on their their entertainment dollars on clowns, whether it was the it clown, whether it's whether it was, whether it was the, the Joker movie. Boom. Okay. Or the it, with the the it clown. Or, or or even Harley Quinn, who she's she's kinda of Ronald McDonald looking. Uh, but you know, she, she's a clown. You know, I, and they they, they, they put a lot in
0: 20. with her. What what other clowns are there? Is that it? or, or I mean I know that's this year. Are there other like Um, I mean, I'll I'll be honest when I was a kid. Okay. Now we're going to really talk like that. I'm old because when I was like five or six, you know, I heard my kids talking out in the pool today with their, their cousins. Um, my, my, their much younger cousin, they were asking he he's 12, what he like watches, or I think he had mentioned what he watched and they were all like talking about reminiscing about blues clues. And, uh, which I remember walking by and, firmly planting my kid right in front of the TV and say, watch Blue's Clues, you'll love it. And, and Blue's Clues was a great babysitter. But um, for me, and I, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but there was a show and it was frightening. It was called Bozo the Clown. Okay, Bozo the Clown. So frightening. <laughs> it so frightening. scared the crap out of me. Although I think Willard Scott as Ronald McDonald, Willard Scott, for all for, for those of you aficionados, he was like the most famous today's show weatherman i think he i don't i think he's still i don't know if he's even alive so i'm gonna stop but willard scott there's a famous the the very first ronald mcdonald uh clown he was and it's it's if you saw that outside your window you would definitely feel your diaper but jimmy bozo the clown was frightening and and sounds like it came from the 1950s even though i was born in the very very late 60s and watching this in the early 70s but it seemed even at the time when I when I when I'm like in 1972 1973 like thinking I'm advanced I I'm, I know that I'm watching this Bozo the Clown and it and I it feels like it's from 1955 my point is Bozo the Clown is terrifying he is a terrifying looking clown and he's supposed to be a friendly clown and then you've got different iterations of Ronald McDonald right but let's let's get back to Stephen King has a killer clown that I think both those movies made over a billion bucks. Like, so like you said, it and uh, and then Joker was was back to back for for Warner Brothers this year.
1: Oh, exactly. And I mean, and and I know I threw I threw uh, the Harley Quinn in there, too. But it just seems like it's clowns, 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 just like how a few years ago you know 10 years ago everybody was trying to knock off zombies and zombies and zombies i mean i'm surprised that dc doesn't have a book out called dc clowns um but i guess it's i guess that is kind of happening with uh with the new crossover that they're doing um the the punchline which is this new character that they created it's this it's this joker's new girlfriend she is uh she kicks off this thing called the joker war and there's some characters called clown killer and and, and some things like that. So, I mean, maybe that's that's where, where D.C. is heading in all no, of I, this. So, I'm
0: going gonna, I'm gonna to tell everybody who who's listening in right now. I'm going to tell you right now. I knew about Punchline because of the bearded wonder on the other side of this call told me, Rob, you're going to want to watch out for Punchline. To which I said, what's Punchline? And he said, It's Joker's new girlfriend, henchman, henchwoman. And this is early this year, like January, February, and I'm telling you, guys, maybe ladies, you know, maybe you can relate. I drove around that store, the stores, making sure that I got my first appearance. Which, Jimmy, did she even appear in her first appearance, or is that like know a
1: what hair? You know what? It's, I mean, it is really splitting hairs. I mean, she was in, she was in two comics uh, before this week. Um, she was in uh, Batman number eighty nine. And she was also in Hell Arisen, number three. Uh, these got are them. two DC books. Got them. But, Everybody but out there, she, I
0: just want you to know, I have those books, okay? Snap them up. Snap <laughs> them up. But, you know, like, but the thing is, is that she only
1: appears, I mean, like, we're talking about, you know, like, in a panel or two. I mean, it, it feels like I took my son to uh, his first Dodger game last year. He's a huge baseball fan. And he got on Dodger Vision twice. I feel like Jonas being on Dodger Vision, which is the big jumbo screen, yeah. you know, when they have the rally. It feels like he got more airplay than 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 Punchline did in these in these cameo and I have air quotes in here, cameo appearances. Okay but she, she was in, on but she was in full blown full blown Batman action coming out of the pandemic this last Wednesday.
0: I and 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 I got those issues. Again, you turned me on to the fact that I needed to be uh uh chasing um Punchline, I, I'm going to tell you, once in future from Boom, uh, Jimmy told me to look out for it. I made sure I got it. Uh, who is killing all the children or where are they killing the children, whatever that book's called, I got to know because of Jimmy. And then um, and then, Punchline. Something's killing the children. Yes. Something is killing the children. Anyway, what the children are being clearly, all you know is that children are dying somewhere. Okay. And that's my new book. The children are dying somewhere. But the thing is, um, and these are big successes. But I, I was in the ground fl- on the ground floor of these because my, you know, everybody needs a dealer, or they need like uh, again. If if comics are my drug, Jimmy is my drug dealer, and he tells me in advance what what to grab and what and and but but the one that he didn't, and I and I was fortunate enough to, uh, you know, read on the internet that I needed uh, Legion. Okay, which what I did caught. I miss,
1: Rob? What did I what? miss? What? what did I miss?
0: Oh, did you miss Gold Lantern?
1: No, I. You know what? I didn't. Gold Lantern. I should have bought a lot more. And, and exactly. okay, so we're
0: we're we're circling
1: back all to your Legion love that Legion. you were you were, you, were, you were talking yeah. about earlier in the show.
0: And and I'm going to tell you, this this Legion is like every other Legion that has launched in the last 15 years. It does not. No, let me go 20 years. It does not hit my sweet spot. When we cover the Legion, it'll probably be my least listened to show because. Again, most people don't know what a legion is, and and if if you hey, don't, Rob, know what a legion I, I got to tell is, you, I'm I'm a hardcore fan, and and I, I just don't, I don't get it. I just that is something that the oh my gosh. So 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 the legion from 1980 to like 1985 was, as I said, just a, a guy named Keith Giffen teamed up with a guy named Paul Levitz. Paul Levitz had been on the book. Keith Giffen comes in, probably 81, 82. And they just go on a tear. And I'm telling you, Jimmy, it was a page turner. It was just the best they've ever maximized it. But if you don't know what Legion is, then I can't really sell you on the Imperial guard later because the Imperial guard is literally like word for word, character for character. uh, um, The the Legion, They they, and and it's so funny because I dug up the Comics Journal interview with John Byrne that I referenced in my uh, Byrne Perez rivalry episode. And I was... uh, I think I I actually sent you the picture that I was telling you about. And I mentioned the 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 facial expression. Yeah, where he imitates George and is dude. this. This uh, as a giant aside, I may do an entire podcast on this one interview. John is being interviewed by no less than four people. One is an art dealer currently. Uh, art dealer back then, art dealer now. There's like an an editor, an art dealer. Terry Austin is there, but they all just take their turns interviewing John, and he takes shots at Jim Starlin, George Perez. Um, there is, uh, and he even says when he, his first issue, he's like, I, I my first issue had has 300 characters in it, and and it's this group called the Imperial Garden. And it's like, I'm just drawing the Legion of Superheroes, man. Like, they're they're a Legion of Superheroes knockoff. I mean, it's right there in the interview. The the interview is on fire. Again, if if you have uh, listened to my rivalry episode, dude, what I did not include is John. He may have been the first guy. And again, monkey see, monkey do. Where did I learn it from? I saw him do it. So I did it, you know, Uh, uh, do what I... You know, do what I do, not as I say. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, guys like myself, Todd McFarlane, we read. John Byrne is reading his sales figures in this 1980 interview. He is saying, "Oh man, our sales figures on Uncanny X-Men in the direct market." I'm like, it, you know, the, 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 the measuring was going on immediately. I think he ushered in like the. Let me tell you how good I am. Let me tell you my sales. Let me, let me tell you how well. Long
1: the, it, it, that would be interesting. It would be like a like a like somebody in sports like rattling off their own stats. Yes. You know, like you know, you know, and we uh, do LeBron James going, you know, I've been averaging 30, 30 plus a game.
0: And after the game, he average. does. Oh man, man, I don't even know how I just averaged 30, 15, and 10 tonight. Man, I, I don't know how that was my tenth triple double of the year. Yeah, no. Look, we we've all become that guy. But um it, it, seeing that it was going on that that early, but so I'm just saying, like the Imperial Guard. Is an echo of the Legion, and the Legion is just not as well known. But now they have their own hot book in the market because of Gold Lantern, which cracks me up. Are you telling me, Jimmy? Because you know more about the modern. Is, is there's not been a Gold Lantern, a Yellow Lantern?
1: There's, I mean, if it, it, it feels like it feels like in Austin Powers, I like gold. <laughs> um, but there's not. You know what? There hasn't been a Gold Lantern. There's been a Yellow. You know, Sinestro has a Yellow Ring. But, uh, you know, we don't have uh, Austin Powers' Fajah.
0: I know, see you know, John coming. Travolta right now with his uh, gold lantern ring. I like gold. Oh, my gosh, Steve, <laughs> you killed it. You killed it. Um, Look, man. So, Gold Lantern, which a week ago, a book I missed out on was Gold Hulk or Yellow Hulk. So, I guess, like, gold and yellow are now the new hot go-to, Uh, you know, Colors that you know, people are grabbing in, in, in the kaleidoscope in the rainbow that, that, that is comic book, uh, colors. Oh my gosh. Know, I sorry. think there
1: is such a hunger. I think there really is such a hunger amongst comic fans for, for first appearances in new appearances. I mean, I mean, this is what they all talk about on, on message boards. This is, this is, uh, there's apps You know that you could track first appearances and what's coming out and new properties and i mean so sometimes it seems like it's fishing and i don't know if if, uh the lanterns are i mean you know it's going to be um you know thinking about this release it will be interesting to see if there is a gold lantern follow-up in this coming week's uh green lantern 80th anniversary special and if they do you know maybe that's a commitment by by dc to stand by this character but, um, you know, I mean, we haven't had any any uh, uh, Lantern love really since, um, you know, for about 10 years or so now. Yeah, it's like a deck, Jeff, that Johns, Jeff
0: Johns. Yeah, that Jeff Johns yeah, run. That, that was that I mean, was the people, only Green Lantern run that. Well, the point I'm making is my two boys, I could never truly get them into comic books. But my oldest son decided that he loved Green Lantern. Those are the comics he liked. Those are the comics he flipped through at the comic store, and he used all his own money, got all the trades, the entire Jeff Johns run, and uh, that. And 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 then what was the event that they wrapped it up with? Oh, there's there was uh, Blackest Night. Blackest Night. That's it. He got that, and and again, it kind of that that was like the from from from, from what what started it. It was uh, Rebirth. well, there
1: was Green Lantern Rebirth, yeah. which which brought Hal Hal Jordan back okay. because. You know, he was, he had all those goofy incarnations, you know, where he was a specter and, you know, he was a bad guy named Parallax, but that was, it seemed like Jeff Johns was doing the
0: rehab, it was the rehab tour was, so, that was Green Lantern Rebirth. So we will watch Gold Lantern to see if he ascends to punchline levels or whatever the heck, if, if he can hold on, uh, with the same level of who is killing all the children in the forest. Um, right, and, right. Uh, and and uh, and and so so here's the deal, uh, and and I will say that if you like Once in Future and I've read Once in Future and I do enjoy it, you should definitely dig up Camelot 3000 that DC published uh, 1982, 83, 84. It's drawn by one of the most magnificent illustrators. The line work that this guy puts down has never been imitated. I can't say. Even like often duplicated. It's never been duplicated. Never been imitated. Brian Boland. Really it's the only American series he did here. You should check out Camelot 3000. They awaken Arthur in the far flung future. When we're having an alien invasion. And he has to get his uh, Knights of the Round Table back together. Uh, They've all been reincarnated in different bodies. Some of them aliens. So it's so amazing. And I, because I know this King Arthur thing is, 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 uh, running through the, you know, the lexicon right now. I know Frank Miller's got this King Arthur series coming on Netflix, which I will be absolutely glued to. I know that hopefully there's a comic book adaptation as well. But with you and what you're doing with retail, let me ask you something. Uh, I know, I know that DC has a giant crossover coming up called, is it Death Metal? Is it called Death, Death Metal? Death
1: Metal. Yeah. Death so, Metal. Death well, Metal, I, which is the follow-up to the uh which is the follow-up to DC metal, not to be confused. Right. DC metal and death metal, two, so two here's, completely here's the deal, different cause, series.
0: Cause I'm I'm gonna get there eventually. So this is kind of like a precursor. Um so so it was in nineteen eighty-four that Marvel created what I the model for everything that we're experiencing now when they launched Secret Wars, which because of the success of secret wars which i think may have just been an ambitious you know toy crossover that they weren't quite prepared for the massive success it would achieve uh, because it was so successful you obviously got this structure of follow-ups and everything and really i'm going to fast forward to because i know that you have told me and this is this really serves uh and and the purpose of of this journey with this show uh i know that you have told me at your store at your outlets jimmy sells um uh he has his retail outlet he has his online outlet on facebook uh jay brothers which he's gonna plug at the end and uh and then obviously he's got his um dedicated conventions uh that will be back along with every other convention that was postponed because of this pandemic, uh, and and I always talk to Jimmy, and he will talk about perennial bestsellers, and this goes all the way back to my age, this 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 the youth that I believe is so profound, and I have talked about how Kevin Feige is you know mining the Bronze Age with you know Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, with the upcoming Eternals, with Scott Lang. You know, as Ant-Man, I mean, you know, he could have made Hank Pym, you know, 20, 30 years old in our era. He chose to go to Scott Lang, which is an absolute 1979, you know, Iron Man creation, Marvel premiere. So, so Feige definitely, I think we share a childhood. He focuses on the same stuff, but most importantly is Thanos. Thanos the biggest villain, the biggest screen villain of all time, eclipsing Darth Vader in recent years and in, in all the polls. And I always I, I'm so happy for my buddy Josh Brolin because I see him share it on Instagram like I want another, you know, poll. You guys voted me the best villain of all time. And Thanos obviously was what everything in the first phase hung on. But you always tell me, Jimmy, and I just want to know, is it still are we still now in June 2020 because it's been several years is infinity gauntlet still like a perennial go-to bestseller
1: absolutely in fact actually i sold a first print omnibus for crazy money uh this afternoon the uh head of of a a big streaming service came in and and, and needed this this first edition which we had okay
0: so so here's the deal the omnibuses are these fantastic editions that Marvel produces that are these thick, uh huge tomes. I mean, they, some of the can, some of them can can stop bullets, but they're hardcover phone books, full color, slick paper, heavy um stock, slick. These are the best, but they are always limited runs. Now, a limited run for one may be ten thousand, for another maybe five thousand. There, but there's not like hundred thousand of one yet to my knowledge. I mean, they do, they come out. I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago and I went to, went, went to check and maybe you could tell me, Jimmy, what is the first edition Eternals?
1: Uh, oh, that, that's usually, that's easily five, anywhere between, you know, like 500 bucks and 700 bucks on, so on
0: Amazon. That's just, it's, and look, we're not talking about it because like, oh man, we're sitting on piles of them. This is what it takes to try and replace this stuff. And, and again, what Jimmy and other, uh, retailers like him when they have these first edition infinity gauntlet, what's in the infinity gauntlet omnibus. It it has the original series, which is issues
1: one through six of the infinity gauntlet. But at the time they came out and had a ton of crossover books. I mean, there was a couple of issues of the Hulk and there was a few issues of the Avengers and a few issues of West coast Avengers and a couple of Captain Americas and, and, and a bunch of silver surfer issues. Um, And, you know, there's, you know, preludes and epilogues, you know, that ran through all these different titles. And so everything, everything was all in one cover, one book from cover to cover. You had absolutely everything. And, I mean, it was exhaustive. But, I mean, it was what was pretty interesting. um, I know I'm speeding up, getting so excited about this. No, it's Is is during, um, is before Kevin Feige, there was a big YouTube that he was going through. And was going page by page and there was all these sticket notes all over the omnibus you know for references to uh, for mm-hmm. different scenes in this huge crossover so i think that also drove i mean you know fans you know like us going man you know i i want to uh, you know i want to i want to get the dirt on it before the movie comes out so um so that definitely drove you know drove that 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 market and these big omnibuses they went out of print and until recently until i think uh you know you know quarter four this year is the first time that they're going they're finally going back to print in this big you know this you know in this format now there's soft covers and there's other things like that but i mean where there's this huge end all and be all addition so um so, so that was a really you, big deal you,
0: what does i have one on the shelf it's kind of out of sight i don't want to get up and go get it i have an infinity Gauntlet on omnibus i'm fortunate what did that What did that retail for when it came out? The retail price
1: The retail price was I believe it was either 100 or 125. I think it was 125. And at the peak market, those were selling for about four and five hundred dollars. Oh. Now again, they announced they are going back. Yeah, they they're going back to, yeah, to press. So it took a little dip down, but it's still still up there
0: still still pretty pretty when they go back to press will it be the same cover the same will they will they give it a new treatment or it will it, this one will look exactly the same you know
1: i mean unless you, you know you, you look under the the fine print indicia
0: okay um, so my, my thing is um infinity gauntlet came out i think uh right before x-force launched in the middle of the new mutants and it was it was really the mightiest last stand of the like uh the bronze superstars because as so many of you guys know Jim Starlin and George Perez did the first let's call it the first three issues George did I think most of the covers but it was really like uh, again as I've said George has such a connection to the Avengers family of titles and Jim did the most infamous I mean Jim was Mr. Thanos it's his character He put him through all the paces in Captain Marvel, in Warlock, and then then did that Avengers Annual 7 and Marvel 2-in-1 Annual back-to-back 100-plus pages of just mega awesome. I mean, literally, Thanos is such a great visual to begin with, and just seeing, like, you know, Jim drew him, you know, standing in the middle while, while Iron Man and, and Thor are trying to take him down and, and Thanos without the infinity gauntlet, this is pre infinity gauntlet. Um, just Thanos on his own merit is beating these guys into the, into the ground. And, and so then when he resurrected Thanos, cause that's really what the infinity gauntlet was always uh, all about was reintroducing. I know, I know he did it through the silver surfer series that he was writing, but then infinity gauntlet gave him this giant, uh, you know, platform, and Marvel made a big deal. This was a big, again, speaking to crossovers. Now, Jimmy, there were a lot of Infinity Gauntlet crossovers, yes or no?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, so after the Infinity Gauntlet was so successful, there was the Infinity, Infinity War. And then there was Infinity Crusade. And um, in between all of these, you also had Adam Warlock and the Infinity Watch. You know, so
0: I remember that. Okay.
1: you know, and so, I mean, there's some cool issues in here, you know, but I mean, there's a lot. I mean, they they took that name. They took that moniker and they kept on cash and checks. And that was all in the early 90s, all in the early 90s. Yeah,
0: no. And and, and then became this gazillion dollar franchise. And my kids know who Thanos is. And there's Thanos pops in my house and banks and sculptures. And you just go, wow. I mean, this is a. I mean, it's just it's just profound what Jim has accomplished, and and you gotta understand, guys. When I'm, you know, I, I say it all the time. I mean, I've, if to have a 34 year old career, that means you know I started when I was 18, so I'm you know 52 right now, and it's I love when my heroes have uh, like Jim Starlin, like George Perez have have just dunked on pop culture or spiked the ball, and uh, it's just awesome to see that Thanos is still so. Uh, such a powerhouse and 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 a product again of this culture that was started by Secret Wars, this crossover culture. And really, the, the theme of the 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 when we go deep diving soon into corporate crossovers, is uh, much like when the age of the auteur filmmaker, uh, Scorsese, Coppola, you know, uh, uh, Frankenheimer, Spielberg, Luce, Lucas. When they Slowed down their own ambitions in the, the studios, decided that there were formulas that they could create. And, you know, uh, oh, Top Gun was successful. Let's give you seven uh, guy pilot, you know, pilot movies. Um, and, you know, I know there was one that had an E. Lewis Gossett was in one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Iron Eagle. Iron Eagle. Nick, Nick Cage was in one, maybe called Fire something fire birds i don't know but like all, all the pilot film i mean they would just you know rubber stamp these duplicates and obviously i i you know i'm so happy i didn't after et came out there was a bunch of kids with alien movies right but oh not just kids with alien movies you <laughs> have cocoon which is old people with aliens the, you yeah know, so. it was like the, the spielberg formula had been had been cracked and duplicated, but but this age of well, if we give them a crossover and twenty five issues to connect with, uh people will follow these books. our bottom line will be encouraged by it. We'll hit our sales barometers. You know, just and also something else that you guys gotta know. both Marvel and d c have corporate overlords now, bosses that they answer to. And they go to them on a yearly basis and they give a projection of sales. Now, this is different than Image Comics. You go to Image Comics and you go, I'm, I'm going to make my own comic book and I hope it does well. And really what I need for it to do well is to sell 5,000 copies. 5,000 copies. I'm making some money. I'm not losing money. I'm putting money positive in the bank. 10,000, 15, 20, 25, 30. Now I'm really a successful artist. Writer, creator. There's no corporate overlord to go to when you miss your mark and they go, How are you going to make this up to me? We budgeted you for X amount of dollars. We spent X amount of dollars on advertising. And both Marvel and DC, they have to, you know, make these budgets based on uh, projected sales. And one of the easiest ways to make that happen is go, We're going to have, um, all of hell break loose and attack Earth, be it Marvel or DC Earth. And so, you know, uh, DC, Hell's Bells, Batman, Hell's Bells, Superman, Hell's Bells, Green Lantern, you know, same with Marvel. And there is no Hell's Bells. I'm, I'm making this up for the purpose of this um, conversation. And and so, you know, it started with Secret Wars. They maximized it with, with, with Secret Wars 2. DC got into it. Crisis on Infinite Earths was Crisis on Infinite Earths was probably the most pure of these. But then they would go Legends, Millennium. But now, then, then it became one a quarter. Every quarter had a crossover, and Jimmy knows what I'm talking about. But so circling back, next week, Death Metal is is you said it's called Death Metal.
1: Yeah, Death Metal. those Snyder is, uh... and
0: Capullo are making the flagship title, right?
1: Absolutely. And that is their follow-up to two years ago, they did metal Snyder Capullo. So this is their, you know, this is the, this is the North American tour part two. Um, You know, this is, you know, this is their follow-up, you know, this is their follow-up to it. So, um, I mean, there's some, you know, there's some, some, some cool mashup visuals. Um, I mean, the first time that they showed, showed Wonder Woman with with a, a chainsaw at the end of her golden lasso. Right. And I'm like,
0: Uh, it's that's kind of cool it's kind of badass it's very metal and if you guys don't know i think i I don't know if this is the case i i literally don't know i'm i'm just throwing a dart i do know i don't know greg apula well but from what i have known of him in the past 25 years is he loves his hardcore you know rock and roll metal and it it i feel like some of his love and fondness for that has been has seeped into this and create Wonder it, Woman it, with a chainsaw. No, and you know what? In in definitely fans of Ducket.
1: I mean, with these mashups of, of of uh, of all the evil Batman's mashing up with, uh, you know, a, you know a twist on the evil Batman's. I mean, that was the the premise of the first series. Is a is a, a gang of of evil Batman's invade the DC universe, and okay. the Justice League need to put down. You know, the mashup between Flash and. You know, an evil Batman meets an evil Flash, a evil Batman meets an evil Joker, evil Batman meets an evil cyborg, you know, and, and he's called Murder Machine. What's the
0: hook this time? What's the hook this time? Just more the same? Um,
1: you know, I think it's 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 just more find out. I mean, it's just it's hey, come on out for the for the sequel. You know, you like the first here, one. Here, you're going really to love the second
0: one. Know, Jimmy, how many how many death metal crossovers are there? There will be, uh, you know, I think
1: there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of spinoffs coming out all throughout the uh, the summer, all throughout a lot. Did I read August. a
0: headline that said there'd be 50? There
1: is there is a crazy number like that. Okay. Um, do you think definitely the is pandemic that's
0: sustainable that, in today's market? No matter who, because look for DC, no. their best selling team is Capullo and Snyder. No, so, and, and those
1: guys are great. I mean, you know
0: what? They've built up so much
1: fan credibility that I mean, the fans are going to dig it. Okay. I mean, hats off to those guys. They are, you know, they are blue collar. They've put out, you know, they've put out a lot of years of of working on on Batman and building and banking a lot of credibility with the retailers, banking a lot of credibility with with the fans. But it's so the flagship go,
0: is a no brainer. It's a no brainer. It's a no brainer. It's going to
1: sell like hotcakes. It's going to be, it's the layup. It's the, you know, I mean, that is a for sure sell. Everybody who walks in will end up walking out with one of those in their hands. And And they put a bunch of covers. The rest is a crap shoot. The rest is really tough because you know what? There's going to be a ton of dog. And this is just the crossover game. Okay, so this is Marvel. This is DC. This is anyone who's doing the multi-bazillion part crossover. Is that there's going to be a lot of dogs. And then there's going to be a... One that is under order that everybody needs to have, and people will scramble toward towards that one. So, but then so you here, kind of scratch your you kind of scratch your head right. and you go, "Is so this one worth you know the the you know the ten dogs that I bought?" Well, Maybe. I'm
0: hoping to hear I'm hoping to hear from you what I need to connect because I'm going to tell you I'm not going to get them all. And here here's the thing, you guys. When I went to a, uh, I think one of the beauties of the spinner racks of my youth, that again I just want to really beat home. The supermarket, the U-Totem, the Stop and Go, the 7-Eleven, they had the Spinner Racks. And uh, my Spinner Rack here at home, obviously, it's got four sides and it has 11 rungs. So, so there's 44 rungs um, on my Spinner Rack. And, and I'm going to tell you guys, for, you know it It wasn't that hard to follow everything on the spinner rack, and I you know there weren't two Avengers titles there was one there was two spider man titles plus if you count the Marvel team up book in my as a kid, there were three um the only one that I bought regularly was the Marvel team up book and it was again number two seller in this in the late seventies for them spider man you know was 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 gold but there was one fantastic four there was not. Ten X Men titles. The X Men wouldn't even branch off to their second title until the mid '80s with New Mutants. But so so nowadays, when it because well, I'm about to like ask about Marvel's answer to this, and I think that they have a crossover like this called Empire, which uh with a Y, it's spelled with a Y. And, I was just to jump in with with that with a Y. I don't think it's launched yet. Right, it launches later. Uh, no, it kind of had a
1: you know I would say kind of a soft launch pre-pandemic. There was okay, there was an incoming one-shot that came out at the very end, you know I want to say about December of last year, um, which was a um, which was a nine ninety nine book. You know it was super thick. Um, it was a one-shot. You know that kind of reintroduced all these alien races, and then there was also um, there was also um, like an Empire Zero that came out that I don't know if that tied into Avengers. I don't recall. And I, I guess I didn't do my my job good enough. But it seems like they're doing a lot of number zero issues to tie in with a lot of families.
0: Well, um, it, it also doesn't, they don't have, I know this for a fact from the materials I've looked at, and this is not a criticism, it's an observation, uh, apropos for a show called Rob Observations. They don't have a Capullo or a, or a Snyder at the helm on their flagship, I'm not sure what Empire's nowhere, about. nowhere close. I, I don't know who any of the creative teams are. What I'm getting to is, so you've got a crossover from DC, you've got a crossover from Marvel. Uh, they're both going to have so many titles associated with them, and and I tapped down on that. And I'm going to tell you, years ago, at some point, I'll, I'll I'll cover the fact that with Extinction Agenda, which I think is the only uh, crossover at Marvel, I participated. I did chapters of Atlantis Attacks. And uh, what was the one where all the villains were um, unleashed? Oh, man, it was crap. Oh, my gosh, this is killed me. Uh, acts Acts of Evil. Acts of Evil. Was it called Acts of Evil? Acts of Vengeance. Acts of Vengeance. Acts of Vengeance. So I did chapters in these. So I guess I participated in that as well. But while I was on the New Mutants, they did Extinction Agenda, which I was not excited about being involved in because I really wanted to. I knew I was starting to write and draw and take over new mutants and and it was going to shift to x-force and i really wanted to put all my attention towards that but the number one reason was in the planning stages extinction agenda was so built around the flagship book of x-men and all the cool stuff in it in the book really went through x-men it was it was a showcase for jim for him to strut and to get like the best scenes out of it which is fine the, it's the X-Men and the New Mutants I wasn't I hadn't transformed them into X-Force yet and those chapters are not nearly as exciting I didn't get Wolverine and Archangel in a battle royale you know I didn't get uh, Psylocke and Wolverine and Jubilee storming uh, you know a base and battling all the stormtroopers and here's here's the bottom line um, there's always a flagship between with these crossovers and even back in the day with extinction agenda like i just i wasn't as into it because i knew my chapters weren't as exciting and i what i had after was but as far as a collector like i wasn't i don't have all of the acts of vengeance um i collected the ones who i think i think there was an x-factor issue that john Byrne drew and walt simonson inked and we will cover that at some point when legends collide um but uh and, and there were other assorted so i would cherry pick because jimmy even back then i mean i didn't have the budget to follow all these and now the ironically i do have the budget but i'm not going to buy that many pieces
1: no absolutely it, it's overwhelming it, as
0: a fan i'm overwhelmed by it as a as, no, an, but as a
1: yeah so i dude, can't imagine
0: what the retailer is thinking
1: it's it's something it's something interesting that uh, listening back to your previous podcasts, uh The observations is that you know back in the in the 70s the marvel universe was only You know a couple of dozen titles, you know, so it's like theoretically you probably could Really? I mean and if you cut out the
0: reprints and things like that you really could read everything that was going Jimmy, on in the Marvel universe it came down to how many lawns can I mow if I mow four neighbor lawns I'm getting 6 bucks and 6 bucks buys me you know 10 comics 12 yeah. bucks like you said now it, in in one weekend I can afford half the line so look here's the great thing we we're, we're, we're going to be be wrapping this up really shortly we've we've uh there's a lot look we're going to be doing this we're gonna call it the comic book marketplace. we've we've really covered a lot of because what's happening now in comics matters and a lot of it is affected by what happened yesterday. And when uh, again, I trade collections, omnibuses, they're a big uh, they're a big attraction to readers. You get to get all in one sitting. they're great for if you think a10 dollar comic is great, uh, paying fifty dollars for a hundred comic book, $100 comic book is, you know, that's, that retailers love that. And like the infinity gauntlet omnibus, this kind of stuff, this, this again, but it, it's a collection of a crossover and, and we have gone to this crossover model. And again, the, the most important thing to remember the behind the scenes, they're like, well, we need as many books as possible to tie into this. Um, the, the, like the Thor universe attacks Marvel. Case in point, Walt Simonson did his version of Ragnarok. So, our auteur, genius, second best run of Thor ever uh, has its own merits. Brilliant body of work has been reflected in all the Feige Thor films. He did Ragnarok in two comics, uh, in two issues of Thor. And the Avengers were in it, and the Fantasy Four, and it was exciting and it was tight. And in 2019, they probably made you buy somewhere between 100 issues, sixty sixty to 100 issues, if you wanted to have the same story. In 2019, the same kind of template that Walt had.
1: And oh was, yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, they did War of the Realms. I mean, that was how many
0: how many issues was that?
1: Oh, I mean, seriously, there there it was. It lasted. You know, three months. Okay, it's three months, but it was six issues. But then, in inside of that, they put so many spinoff miniseries: four issues of this, four issues of this. Yeah. You know, Thor meets. You know, Thor meets War of the Realms. I mean, um, Thor meets War of the Realms. Punisher it, meets War of the Realms. Venom meets War of the Realms. Um, and Again, these I guys
0: mean, are good now. They know how to push their. Uh, if if War of the Realms launched with twenty covers, it wouldn't surprise me. I know, like House of X launched with thirty covers. Um, no, they know how Carnage I mean, I think launched that there, with thirty
1: plus coverage. I think, that, I think that there is. I'm sorry to jump on you. Yeah, is that it? Just seems like that there is, with these big crossovers, it's less. I mean, in contrasting it with with the Walt Simonson example earlier, is that is that now it seems like the the, the tail is wagging the dog. It seems like there's analytics all at play. You know, that there is, you know, a spreadsheet going on going, hey, if we get a number of these, you know, if we have X amount of books, this is going to bring X amount of numbers. We can dominate market share, you know, and, um, and, you know, it becomes an economic thing. And sometimes that works out out great for a retailer, sometimes not so much.
0: For all of you who have gone on this Rob's observations journey with me, the easiest way to wrap this up. Is to tell you that Secret Wars, which we are absolutely doing a deep dive in because it's fascinating. It's it goes beyond just the toy marketing. It is why Mike Zek, who was a premier illustrator for Marvel for probably eight to ten years prior to that, Master of Kung Fu, Captain America. He had done some ridiculously celebrated uh runs that 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 showed off his full the full breadth of his artistic skills he is forced to change how he tells the story for Secret Wars so that there's all these deep dives that we're gonna do soon but the thing is if Secret Wars came out today it would be a 60 to 70 issue crossover it would not be 12 issues with a couple of offshoots uh, it would be literally and the first issue would have had 15 to 20 covers and secret wars itself would have been literally told in 60 issues minimum and i think jimmy would agree with that um so 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 that is how comic book retail and publishing have changed and jimmy we are going to do this often because the marketplace uh needs to be discussed i learn a ton i i always do i i uh I'm so fascinated. I did not know Catwoman and and Batman have a baby. I do know that that Gold Lantern uh, was available when I got to the comic store. Still, but I, it wasn't available the next day. So, so that like you said, that Legion, w- w- that's the first um, kind of uh, gasp. It's the first sign of life that that book has had since since they launched it, and ironically, it's on the back of a Green Lantern character, which is great. I mean, look, stuff happens. You analyze it. You 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 learn from it. Um, everybody wants comics to sell well. Everybody wants the comics that they're doing to be the best, and we all, as fans, want to have the uh, the best stuff um, in our collection and 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 have the newest, shiniest objects. I know I do. Cut to once again, who are killing the children? I have it. Um, I'm I'm very I'm very I'm very excited. So Jimmy where where can people find you? Uh,
1: they can find me online um in it's at Amazing Jay Brothers. That's J A Y Brothers, Amazing Jay Brothers. That is our uh that's our hub for on Instagram and on Facebook for our retail account. But the conventions that we throw it's the Amazing Comic Con. So it's um at Amazing Comic Con, no funky spellings, and um, you know, I mean, I know we'll, we'll we'll be talking about the conventions later on, but it's a huge influence of of again these architects of pop culture, these these cool creators that have all come together to uh, to to shape the things that we love, and that's what we try to celebrate at those events. That's what we try to celebrate as a, as a retailer. So um, whether you're finding us on Twitter, uh, Instagram, or um, uh, or Facebook, it's at Amazing Comic Con.
0: And Jimmy always has the good stuff. Jimmy, we um, always have fun talking comics. I love talking comics from you. I love learning about what's going on in the marketplace because it shapes what's, what's hot on Wednesdays, shapes what's hot seven Wednesdays from now, ten Wednesdays from now. And the comic book market, just like television, film, music is always watching what works to duplicate it uh and, and make more of it so i want to thank jimmy for joining us uh this was a great uh discussion we're gonna do more of these and uh, i mean gosh we covered legion imperial guard gold lanterns green lanterns blackest knight thanos infinity gauntlet who is killing the children and so much more and i'm a fan I just like saying that title. Um, So, so uh everybody, thank you for joining us again on this journey of Rob observations. Catch me at Rob Liefeld on Instagram, at Rob Liefeld. It's got the blue check, except no imitations. On Twitter, I'm at Robert Liefeld because the rat bastard got to Rob Liefeld before I did. But at Robert Liefeld has the blue check. Talk to me there. I'm all over social media. I'm on Facebook. I read all of your input about this show i am humbled by how much you guys are sharing it with your friends and i love seeing that you guys are going out and buying the comic books after we discuss them here thank you so much for all of your feedback we will see you next time on the next rob observations uh take care stay safe